As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Three, two, one, zero. Hello, welcome to episode 126, Quantum RE. Hey, Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So, Katie, today's episode, we're hanging out with Matt from Quantum RE. And what an interesting concept of what the company does and it's funny i actually spoke about this topic this exact topic at fincon i know it was a little bit of like a flash from the past the whole time we were talking to him i was like searching in my brain like i've heard of this concept but where and then it dawned on me when you said it oh that's right dennis actually talked about this yeah so to explain exactly what it is his company uh quantum re is basically taking cryptocurrencies and combining it with real estate. So you're able to sell off a portion of your home into the whole crypto sphere world, and it can help you raise capital on your home. Think of your home as like a company and you're selling a share of it. So you still own the property, but you now have people that have additional um, equity interest in your in your home. So just out of curiosity, then, if you had to sell off one room in your house, what would it be? I would definitely sell off. I don't know. I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I like That's all the, the rooms I was, equally. I was, was going to say the kitchen, but I was like, no, but I like food. So. Yeah, that wouldn't work for you. <laughs> I probably use the kitchen the least, though. Um, you- I use the kitchen the most. Yeah. I would definitely, if I got to sell one off, it would definitely be the laundry room. So, why the laundry room? Do you just not like doing laundry? Uh, Dennis, nobody likes doing laundry. <laughs> That's very true. It, well, no, I take that back. The doing the laundry part is not that bad. It's the folding and putting away part. That is awful. Yeah. So, anyway, before we dive into today's episode, if you guys are looking to join a group of like-minded people, join our Facebook group. You can hit us up. It's chainofwealth.com slash group. There you'll be directed to Facebook. And if you fill in our questionnaire, you can join our group and hang out with other people looking to achieve financial success. Awesome, Kate. You ready to dive into today's episode? Yeah. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Mm -hmm. 
Matthew Sullivan is the CEO and founder of Quantum RE, a cryptocurrency startup that supports homeowners by helping them sell a fraction of the equity in their home without taking on more debt. A seasoned entrepreneur, Matthew has a proven track record in real estate innovation through his experiences as a co-founder of the $50 million Secured Real Estate Income Strategies Fund and as founder and president of CrowdVenture.com, a real estate crowdfunding company. Welcome, Hi, Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dennis. What a great introduction. Katie, Dennis, wonderful to meet you. Yeah, definitely. We're super glad to have you on the show and hopefully we can pick your brain a little bit about this. I know I have a couple of questions here. Of course, far away. You know, um, it's actually funny, just before we dive into that, I actually just gave a cryptocurrency talk at FinCon, which is a conference oh, yeah. that happens in Orlando. Well, not this Yearly. year it was in Orlando. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually spoke about this exact topic. I, I didn't go into a lot of detail, but I did mention that it's a possibility with the way that blockchain's going. So I was actually very glad to read all up about your company and sort of, you know, like actually be able to ask you these questions on the show. Sure. No, it's a it's a very exciting space. I'm I'm familiar with FinCon, and I've you know that's grown phenomenally over the it's last. It's been few amazing. Years. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was definitely well worth the. We looked at it as like a investment for chain of wealth. Yes, really. it is exactly. It's be, it's it is a and uh, it's become an institution almost. It's a you know. Uh, Phil, uh, what's the chap's name? Phil Taylor, is it or Philip Taylor? Yeah, yes, we had Philip him on Taylor. the podcast a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Incredible job. So, you know, yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I mentioned above, you founded a startup that specializes in real estate and crypto. So, first off, can you talk about what a security token is with respect to the cryptocurrency terms? Yes. Well, a security really is something that's pretty well understood. You know, stocks, bonds, shares, derivatives, those are all securities. And what happened about, um, I think at the beginning of last year, this strange phenomenon um, came onto the uh, radar, which was an ICO, which was an uh, known as an initial coin offering. And an ICO was this very strange asset class because it apparently wasn't a security, but companies were raising money by issuing tokens and people were buying tokens and the money that they would pay for the purchase of those tokens would go to the company. The company would use that money as working capital, but the tokens didn't have any equity rights. They didn't confer any ownership. They didn't have any dividend rights. They weren't, uh, apparently they weren't a security. And many of these ICOs were issued from offshore entities. Um, and uh, it was the beginning, I think, of the, the crypto, um, the, the moment that crypto really hit everyone's um, sort of, you know, the main press. Um, and it, it became quite obvious to the SEC and other regulatory bodies that uh, what companies appeared to be doing was skirting um, around the securities regulations, which were really designed to uh, encourage disclosure and regulation to protect investors. Um, and companies were raising money through um, an asset class that didn't have those same levels of disclosures, um, didn't have anything like the same level of uh, protection. And um, 
appeared, you know, very much on, you know, in, in the center of the SEC's radar. Um, and what what's just happened over the last year or year and a half is um, that tokens have now become the, the the technology behind a token is what is most interesting because a token allows massive amounts of um, efficiency and liquidity in an otherwise um, rather analog world. So if you think about the way that uh, shares and stock are sort of normally settle, you know, what, what the blockchain and cryptocurrencies, uh, what that technology allows to happen is massive efficiencies to be brought in. So um, to answer your question, which was a very simple question, but in a very long way, <laughs> um, a security token really is a um, an asset class that leverages all of the benefits of blockchain technologies um, and taps into all of those efficiencies, um, but at the same time is issued under the regulatory umbrella of a financial services regulatory authority, whether it be in the US, UK, or, or, or otherwise. Oh, that's really, you really cleared that up. So I have another question for you. Dennis mentioned earlier that you have been doing a lot of real estate and the crypt with the crypto currency yes. platform, correct? Okay. So I know in like typical housing, you go, you apply for a loan, you get the loan, now you have your mortgage and you do you make your monthly payments. So yes. how does that because it from what I understand, when you are able to, I feel like I'm really jumbling no, up the, my question. Let, let me jump in. I know yeah. exactly. I know exactly what you're asking. So, okay. what what Quantum RE does is we help homeowners release the value of equity that's locked up in their home without taking on more debt, and we use blockchain and cryptocurrency technologies to enable us to do that. So. That, that, that's really where we are, is at the center of a traditional real estate universe. And this cutting-edge technology is provided by the blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies, which sit on top of the blockchain. And what we do is we say to homeowners, if you own equity in your home, we will buy a percentage of that equity today. Uh, we'll write you a check using good old-fashioned dollars, so you don't have to worry about having to become an expert on blockchain because that technology sits behind the scenes. So if you own a home, we will help you release some of the value in your equity. And it's not a loan, so there's no monthly payments, there's no interest to pay. But when you sell your home, we you pay us back the amount that we bought your equity with. So in other words, because we're a silent partner in your home, when you sell your home, we have the rights to share in the, the sale proceeds. But in addition to that, if your house has gone up in value, then we share in a percentage of the increase in value as well. So it's very different to a loan. It's more like a partnership because if the value of your home goes down, we also run the risk of not making as much money. In fact, we also run the risk of potentially losing money. Now, the question is, where does all the money come from to be able to buy those interests in people's homes? Well, one of the biggest problems that we found in cryptocurrencies is that they're not backed by anything. If you say to somebody, what's behind Bitcoin? They'll, you know, most people will scratch their head and look at you blankly and say, I don't know. 
the technology is wonderful. The ability for cryptocurrencies to fly around the world and be used as mechanism of mechanisms of transferring money is hugely exciting. But one of the things that needs to happen is people need to be able to trust those uh, types of uh, value transfer mechanisms. So if you were to create uh, a, a cryptocurrency that's backed by physical assets, then that, we believe, will take us one step further, one step closer to mass market adoption. So we have created a cryptocurrency that's backed by real estate, and the real estate assets that we're using are the equity interests in people's homes. It's actually really interesting, and not even just the whole blockchain aspect of it, but it's almost as though it's combining crowdfunding I want to say with the sharing economy that we seem to be seeing a bigger and a bigger trend go towards, why rent a car if you only need to travel from A to B and you can jump in an Uber? So why do you actually need to own all of the the equity in your home if you don't need to? It's actually really interesting to see where everything is going. It is. And the thing about equity really is that the, the housing market and the way that houses are financed really hasn't changed that much in you know, 200 years. When mortgages first came out, you put a deposit or a down payment and you then go to the bank and you borrow the bulk of the value of your home. Over time, you pay that down, but there's no way, even today, of you being able to release the value that's that's actually yours without selling your home or without going back and borrowing more money. And, and so that's a very simple model that hasn't changed. It's in dire need of an overhaul. But the critical problem is that um, if you try and buy people's uh, interest in people's homes, then that asset class itself is quite illiquid. So if I had a portfolio of 100 interests in 100 people's homes, it's going to sit there until people start selling their homes. Now, if everybody in my portfolio decided to live in their home for 20 years, I I would have to wait 20 years before I could start getting my money back. So it's a very illiquid investment. And unlike a, um, a rental, I don't get any cash flow in the meantime. So I literally have to be very patient and wait. And that's why, even though this is a very interesting asset class, and single-family owner-occupied homes in the US are worth tens of trillions of dollars. It's the, one of the biggest asset classes. Um, if you, and we solve that problem by, if you can create a, a currency or you can create a, um, like a traded asset class, which is effectively what we're doing with our token, if you can trade the value of that pool of assets with a token, then the token or which is very similar to a stock certificate, for example, but it's it operates in the blockchain world, that creates the liquidity on that pool. And so that means that if you own one of these tokens and you want to sell, then potentially um, you could sell that to somebody else and the underlying assets wouldn't need to be sold. So we're creating liquidity for this pool of assets. And that's what's sort of harnessing blockchain and cryptocurrencies to do that. And if we can create liquidity, then this asset class becomes much more attractive because you don't have a problem with it not, you know, necessarily changing hands for 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 many years. It's really interesting. I've got another question for you. So what determines the value at which someone could buy or sell that particular token for? 
Well, there's two values. The first value is the value that we sell the token um, when we create the tokens. Or we think of tokens as um, digital representations of normal share certificates, which is really what they are. But they operate on a platform that's much more efficient and low cost than the normal settlement processes. So, if we issue a a, a token. Um, to someone who comes and buys it from us. So we're creating a fund that is structured uh, as a REIT, which is a real estate investment trust. And that allows us to take advantage of a number of tax benefits in, in the United States. People buy tokens which represent equity interests in the fund, ownership interests. And we price those shares or those digital certificates or tokens at uh, a net asset value. So we calculate the net asset value of the fund every quarter. And for during each quarter, anybody that wants to buy new tokens would buy them at the net asset value of the fund. And then the next quarter comes along, we calculate the net asset value for that quarter. So for the next three months, the price is set. And that's the primary market. Now, as soon as someone owns one of our um, uh, tokens, there will be, we believe, um, a very active secondary market for these securities tokens. And they will be provided by platforms that are known as ATS platforms or um, alternative trading systems. So these are platforms that already exist. Um, and it's very much like the sort of pink sheets market. Um, but that regulatory um, environment exists at the moment, which allows our tokens to be traded in a secondary market. So we believe over the next uh, few months, uh, two years or so, there'll be a significant increase in the number of exchanges that are um, popping up all over the world that allow people to buy and sell securities tokens in a secondary market. So, Matthew, can we just pivot and go back? I have a quick question when it still when it comes to the housing. Yes. Uh, so what makes that transaction enforceable? Like what is stopping me or anybody else from selling part of my home and then kind of just like ghosting and disappearing or vice versa? Like, how is that enforced? Well, it's we, we use very traditional mechanisms. So it, um, in the U.S., um, and our, our team has originated over a quarter of a billion dollars worth of this asset class over the last nine years. So part of our company comprises um, executives who have specific experience um, and have encountered questions and problems exactly as you described, Casey. So how, you know, how do we protect the asset? And what we do is we register the contract, which is a real estate contract. We register it on title as a lien, and it sits in a junior position to the existing debt. So if the homeowner has a mortgage in first position, we'll sit in second position. But what that means is that when the house is up for sale and goes through the escrow process, then as a lien holder, we pop up on the title deeds. And so part of the escrow process, we're alerted, and part of the sale proceeds needs to be paid to us. And because we're a lien holder, we have the right to protect our interest. So we have the right to foreclose, um, and we have other rights that allow us to to stop people from doing things that would um, diminish or, or extinguish um, the assets that we have. It's definitely interesting. And, you know, like 
sort of seeing how stuff evolves is definitely something that we should be watching very eagerly over the next few years. Because I also think that with the whole introduction of crypto into the financial markets, things are going to really, really change up. And speaking about it, change up, um, you know, we've, we see a very big shift from traditional funding sources to crypto and specifically with respect to real estate. I know you said that there's this lean on the property, but who actually will own the title in your situation where you use um, these crypto tokens? Well, the important thing really is to separate cryptocurrencies from the blockchain technology, which is a distributed ledger upon which the cryptocurrencies sit and the importance or the relevance of blockchain technologies in the real estate transaction. Now, now, blockchain is very important because it provides a layer of truth that allows um, transactions to happen without the possibility or with a significantly reduced possibility of of corruption or of uh, that you know or, or of uh, change. Effectively, so what the blockchain does is it enables. A reliable source of in, uh, a source of uh, record keeping, and that's very important if you are thinking about moving title from one person to another. But to answer your question, the homeowner remains on title as the owner of the home. They have granted us an option to participate in the future potential value of their home. Now that option comes at a price, and the price we pay in dollars. We don't. We involve cryptocurrency at that point because most homeowners um, really don't need to get involved with cryptocurrency. They want to see dollars. So we buy um, the right to participate in the potential future appreciation of their home. Um, We don't become owners of their home. So we don't knock on their door and demand that we rent a room. Um, We don't insist that they cut the grass. We don't have any rights as an owner. The rights that we do have, though, are crystallized when the homeowner sells the property because at that point the contract is triggered and we participate by getting our initial um, you know, cost back plus a, a percentage of the future increase. It's definitely very interesting. And I think that as the space continues to develop, we're going to see a lot of innovation coming through. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was talking to someone the other day about this. Um, well, I talk to somebody every day about this, funnily enough, but um, blockchain itself, the cryptocurrencies to a certain extent are a bit of a red herring. So they're, they're forcing you to look in the wrong direction. The real value is in the underlying technologies, which will over time remain very much in the back seat. But as a result of those technologies, you will see enormous changes, particularly in real estate. And those changes will happen with the way that houses are bought and sold. At the moment, the process is very analog, it's expensive and very inefficient and involves multiple third parties that all come at a very high cost. If you think about the number of attorneys, title insurance, escrow providers, uh, realtors, all of those elements that are in place because of the way that the real estate market has grown over the last you know, uh, you know, few, few decades or, or few centuries. All of that is about to change. And what will change is that ownership of uh, home ownership will move onto the blockchain, which is a far more reliable way of maintaining a record of the change of ownership from one person to another. 
It's the most accurate way that we've had in terms of technology so far. Um, it's far better than the existing method of keeping paper records. It's far more reliable than a centralized database mechanism managed by a third party because the blockchain is distributed. Um, and because of that, it's a layer of truth that is far more efficient and far more uh, effective than a, the traditional centralized technologies. So as the transfer of home ownership moves onto the blockchain, you can transfer your home from one person to another in seconds, literally. That's what you will be able to do. And that transaction will be immutable, which means it will be unchangeable. And you won't need to worry about whether or not the money has been transferred into your account, because that will all be part of the programmatic process. So as home ownership transfer becomes automated and becomes far more trusted, it becomes less and less expensive to transfer ownership. So houses will become far more of a liquid investment and a liquid asset compared to where they are today, which is very illiquid because of the cost and inefficiencies involved today in the, in the transfer of ownership. One thing that is always going to be certain is change. <laughs> but I think, I think exactly. But, but um, I think it's, well, I know that it's, it's happening now. So, um, and change is one of those things that you become aware of the moment you start looking for it. Um, and so uh, just, just looking, or if you were to Google blockchain and real estate, I think most people will be surprised about exactly how many developments are happening at a, um, at an infrastructural level um, with banks and you know title companies. Um, so that's happening now. So you know fasten your safety belts, everybody, because you know you're in for a very uh, a very interesting and fast ride with uh, with, uh, with uh, as a direct result of blockchain technologies. <laughs> I love that. Chain is going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, did you know that each and every episode we produce here at Chain of Wealth has an awesome show notes page? You can check it out. It's chainofwealth.com slash podcast. There you can check out today's episode or any recent episode. And you can check out clickable show notes. We put a whole bunch of links over there. So you can click through the resources that we discuss. It's definitely a great place to get a quick recap of the podcast. That's chainofwealth.com slash podcast. Okay, Matthew. So with all this talk, I wanted to know, what is your saving um, or retirement plan like? Well, um, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask this. <laughs> is now, it all Bitcoin? A, <laughs> well, it's actually, no, it's not. You know, the funny thing is, um, I really was not an investor in cryptocurrencies from the outset because I just didn't understand how they worked and thank goodness, because they've done the perfect parabola. You know, I'm a huge, huge believer in blockchain, but getting sort of sucked into this uh, uh, very um, volatile, um, unpredictable market, it was not something... And the only reason for that is I've lost so much money in the past in these types of markets. I had some fairly you know, clear signals from the future that this would probably happen again if I invested. Um, my savings and retirement plan um, really... I bet everything on me and my businesses. So I am, uh, I'm very bad at, you know, I put a little bit of money away normally just to pay the tax bill at the end of the year. Um, but 
for me, I, I bet everything on what I'm doing. Um, and, uh, so it's a bit of a go for broke thing. I'm not sure if this is, um, at all anything that one should, uh, you know, suggest it to anybody else, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I don't really have a great deal to fall back on other than, you know, the companies that I'm building. It is also something we see a lot of entrepreneurs do. And I think it's very difficult not to do that, especially, you know, like the thing is when you do start seeing returns in your business, it's very often 10 X, you know, instead of sort of getting that 10% that you may be getting in the stock market. So I don't think it's uncommon at all for entrepreneurs to have most of their retirement or savings in, in their actual businesses. And, and also, I, it's funny, but you feel like as an entrepreneur, one has to have this sort of um, level of or feeling of, I know best, um, which is absolutely not the case. <laughs> but in other words, you, you, I think one needs to have that feeling that, um, you know, and be prepared to, to stake everything. Um, not foolishly, but, you know, you, uh, that's certainly something that I feel that, that, you know, I'm prepared to bet everything to really burn all the bridges. Um, and I don't like the feeling of having some sort of safety zone or nest egg. Um, because then for me, crazily, it feels like I'm not, you know, I'm not wholly committed. So, um, and again, this is, this is not something that should be repeated to anybody, um, who has uh, any sense at all, because it's, it's, you know, absolutely the most um, stupid thing to recommend but sadly that's you know that's how i'm built don't worry no one's listening (laughs) (laughs) well so to help with bitcoin and like the understanding of all of this because it is a lot to take in do you have any other books or podcasts like you recommend yes i think the important thing really with uh to understand um what's happening it's not so much books and podcast because they tend to be um I, I mean books tend to sort of go out of date relatively quickly um there are a number of podcasts but i would i don't think there's any that i've come across um uh, apart from one that i was actually a guest on the other day which is called crypto the wonder dog um where the you have to be careful of the hosts because um, some of these podcasts, they tend to be you know, driven by um, sort of third-party influences. What I found to be most interesting uh, and most useful, though, is just reading um, the news as it pops up on uh, various you know, channels where you can zoom in to what's happening with crypto or, or, or blockchain. Um, and then basically act as your own filter. And, and then you just build up the knowledge over a period of time. But try and read as much as possible. If it's just about real estate, then just focus on real estate and crypto and blockchain. But but you know, try and read as much as possible because it is so important because it will play such a critical role in the next uh, few years. No, and that's definitely true. You have to watch where you're getting your information from because like you've said, books do go out of date relatively quickly and you have to kind of know the podcaster and their viewpoints before you can take a lot of their uh, information and their recommendations to heart for your own self. Yes, exactly. I mean, and, and filtering is something that I think you should do. One should do oneself rather than relying on third parties. So just, uh, and, and after a while, the more you read, and these are snippets, these are short, you know, two, 300 word articles, you build up your knowledge and understanding of what all this crazy stuff means. Um, and then you begin to sort of see 
through the forest and uh, you know and understand the you know the, the importance. But uh, and I, again, try and steer clear of the cryptocurrency buzz. Focus more on the value of the underlying technology and what that means. Not not how to make make a profit on the next you know altcoin. That's a that's a red herring. The important thing is to understand you know, what is blockchain. What does it actually mean from a an infrastructural perspective? Okay, and do you have a favorite quote? I do, yeah. Um, so Winston Churchill, um, his quote is, success is not final, failure is not final, it is the courage to continue that counts. That's beautiful. Matthew, we absolutely loved hanging out today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Uh, yes, I think really my piece of advice is, um, p- people tend to sort of search far and wide for things that are in fact staring them in the face. So the answer in my experience has always been right there in front of me. And it's normally the opposite to what I thought it was. So it's a very sort of cryptic piece of advice, but, um, you know, people tend to look too hard for things that are actually right in front of them. Absolutely love that. Chainers, we'll be hanging out with Matthew Sullivan. You can check out his website. It's quantum re.com and definitely consider the future be mindful of changes the world is always going to throw a curveball at you kate that was a really fun episode and i'll tell you what i definitely learned a ton i didn't realize how really intricate and involved cryptocurrencies are with real estate and i think that it's really really going to be interesting the amount of change we're going to see in the upcoming years with this kind of technology yeah, well, and you know, Dan, I think now that the, I want to say like awareness, at least for myself, has kind of been heightened. I'm seeing blockchain advertisements all over the place. I even saw one like in a quick video clip before I showed my students the other day. It was talking about blockchain and something. Yeah. It's- so I think it's definitely something that we're going to be seeing a lot. And it's going to be just kind of like that new normal. Yeah, I totally agree. So, guys, um, Katie and I just want to say a very happy holidays to everyone. We know it's the beginning of the season, so we just wanted to wish everyone a really, really awesome time. The podcast is still going to be going strong throughout the holiday season, so definitely check it out. Katie and I are actually not going to be doing the podcast for a while, but the episodes are still going to be coming out. Hold on, you just made that super confusing. Okay. So, we pre-recorded a lot of episodes um in like october november ish to prepare for this trip yeah so katie and i are in south africa when you're listening to this so pretty cool we've gone to my home so we're spending christmas with my family so yeah definitely very cool and you know in this time like getting towards the festive season everything else we hope that you take a lot of time and spend it with family and really just have really good bonds with the people that you love and remember that it's the time you spend with people not all the money you spend that's very true (laughs) that's what i tell myself and you (laughs) and my mom (laughs) awesome we'll catch you on the flip side chainers
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.